Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening in the sky above us for not only today, but tomorrow and Sunday. I hope everybody's doing well this morning. It is the beginning of what is going to be probably the hottest days, maybe even of the century that we are going to experience here in the Pacific Northwest, which I know for some of you, uh, it will be, you know, not that hot, but we're just not set up for 90 to 100 degrees here in the West. Uh, we're kind of whiny when it gets that hot. I know I will be, <laughs> so uh, so I'm enjoying the cool. I've been up since four o'clock this morning. I don't know what it was. I woke up, I looked outside, I saw it was light, and I ended up getting up and just sitting outside, listening to the birds as they were waking up, watching the hummingbirds as they started their day, and did some meditation. And uh, my husband gets up at six o'clock and he's like, what the heck were you doing up at four o'clock? Like, I don't know. I was just awake and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I got up. And interestingly enough, I realized that the uh, reason I was likely awake is that Neptune was stationing. And when a big planet or any planet really stations, it can upset the inner clock, right? Or the inner workings of, of oneself. And Neptune stationed retrograde at, I mean, yeah, stationed retrograde at 6 a.m. my time. So I might have just tapped into what was getting ready to happen. And I ended up doing a meditation and just enjoying that quiet, very Neptunian sort of activities to begin the day. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit more about the moon in Capricorn as he's fit, as she, the moon, is finishing up her transit of that sign. And then we'll talk about Neptune in retrograde and what that means. But the primary thing that I'd like to talk about this morning is going to be about Venus's move into Leo. And that happens uh, tomorrow evening for me here on the West Coast and very early Sunday morning for those of you uh, on the East or on the East Coast, like right after midnight for those of you on the East Coast. And it begins the build up to a very challenging aspect called a T-square that will be in place with Mars on June 28th, Monday, and then on July 5th with Venus on uh, coming up. So July 5th would be what next week? Wow, I can't even believe I'm saying that. Not next week, the week after next. And then the eventual conjunction of Venus and Mars in Leo on the 17th or 19th of, of July. So we have our 13th, 13th of July. So we have some really interesting energies coming up. So I want to spend some time talking about what those two planets, Venus and Mars, mean when they're in Leo. And then how does that very challenging aspect affect us? What is the T-square anyway? And why do I care? Right? That kind of stuff. Uh, but first, let me say good morning to everybody that's showing up out here. Good morning, Ursula and Jacqueline. She says, I was up and went to bed after 5 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Pauline, good morning to you. Kathleen, good morning. Asa, so much. Thank you so much for being out there. Great to see you. Debbie tibbetts tumiel good morning. And Elisa, good morning. And I'm thinking I missed some people further back here. But if I've missed you, just know I wish you all a good morning. And I hope you're all thinking about a wonderful weekend. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to be spending the weekend in the pool at my daughter's house, right? She's going to be gone. Pauline, six months till Christmas. Oh, yes. 
And you're going to see, we're going to talk a bit about the new Human Design Week as well. And this is the mirror image of the Christmas um, transits that occur. So the sun and earth are in 52, gate 52 and gate 58. And at Christmas time, it's flipped with the sun in gate 58 and the earth in gate 52. Um, peace and joy, right? Or stillness and joy. So we'll talk about that as well. So let's start now with where we are with the moon in Capricorn. And when I first opened up my uh, computer this morning and looked at the aspects, the moon was sitting at around 15 degrees of Capricorn. So we're halfway through the transit of the sign of Capricorn. And today that means that in human design, the moon is going to be transiting through the gates 38, 54, and 61, 38 and 54 are both on the root center and the gate 61 is on the head center. And we're, I'm, I'm gonna dig into that a little bit more in just a moment. As for astrology today, the uh, moon is gonna come into a trine with Uranus, which means we may have some, some surprises or some exciting news that we're gonna hear, and as well a sextile to Neptune later on in the evening, which might be bringing us some uh, dreaminess or some sleepiness later on in the day. So what does this particular part of the moon's transit in Capricorn mean for us? Or or if we, if we looked deeper through the layers of what is happening as the moon transits through this sign, what we see is that there is a push for us to prepare for the future. And the future meaning that Saturn as the ruler of Capricorn rules time. And often time is about looking into the past and as well looking into the future. And we're often forgetting about the now. So we are having to look at where we are right this moment. And as Saturn has actually moved on into Saturn, the ruler of Capricorn has now moved into another sign he co-rules, which is Aquarius. We're also looking at what do we need to do in this now to prepare for the future? right? That there just seems to be a lot of, well, I'm going to just call it galactic energy out there at the moment that we're tapping into, whether it's through uh, the news. In the news, don't we keep hearing things about the, the U.S. government about to, to dump a lot of information on us about what they know about the UFO phenomenon, what they know in terms of, you know, what they want us to know, <laughs> let's say, about UFOs. We have uh, interesting uh, video series coming out from people who do galactic work. And, and it's coming up in my face very prominently lately, this galactic thing, this uh, idea or ideal of becoming galactic citizens and becoming the truth of who we are and all of that. So today's energy with the moon is about preparing ourselves for that future. How do we have to prepare or what do we have to prepare in order to embrace uh, ourselves in our biggest, our most light-filled selves? And then we also have another little theme going on later on, actually right now in this moment, about what's worth fighting for or what's worth struggling for. So it, it's, it's an interesting world that we live in right now, where if you look at the news, what you see is a long diatribe of things that are going wrong. Um, from buildings that are collapsing and, and our prayers go out to those people who are affected by the building in Miami that uh, had collapsed yesterday or the part of it that had collapsed. 
And then we hear, you know, bad news on the financial front. We hear bad news from the government. We hear it from all the different countries around the world still struggling with COVID. So the news that we're hearing is about not so positive of things. So in the face of all of that, we have to be able to be wise about the battles that we are going to get ourselves engaged in. And the moon through Capricorn helps us to to determine what that is or to discern, maybe that's a better word, which it is that we're going to stand our ground with or where we're gonna stand up and be counted. And it might mean that in our preparations for the future, which is ongoing as well, um, that we have to live our dreams. We have to focus in on what's important to us. I mean, it's not that we want to be heads in the sand and not know what is happening in the outer world, but we can't let ourselves get distracted so easily by all of the other things that are happening that we then forget to stay aligned with what it is that we love and what it is that we're passionate about and what it is we want to express in the world, what it is that we came here to do. So deciding what it is that we want to, what's worth our time and effort to struggle for. Is it something that brings us into alignment more and more with love, uh, more and more with uh, being a fellow human being on this planet, a galactic citizen even? Or is it something that takes us away back into the bitterness of some past events and things like that? So we have to know what's worth fighting for, but then we also have this pressure. In fact, when we look at the human, the gates in human design that the moon is sitting at right now, we have th two of them sitting today in the root center, which is a pressure center. And then the other one sitting up at the head center, which is also a pressure center. The root center pressure is about what are we going to do? We can feel pressured to do things or to add more things to our to-do list and or to keep commitments and to make more commitments and to do more, be more, etc. In the head center, the pressure is to answer questions. The pressure is to know something. And if we feel we don't know enough, then we can find ourselves in that, you know, constant struggle of more information, please. I need more knowledge. I need more. I need more. I need more. So the pressure to know something, but here the, the lesson is for us to tap into the mystery of the unknown, right? Tap into the mystery of, and the awe and the wonder of not knowing. Can we be satisfied with not knowing? Can we sit back and just trust that in the right moment, in the right timing, what I need to know will be available to me, right? Or to you. So it's an interesting thought as we start to, to move the moon through these last three gates of, of Capricorn energy. Uh, what is it that we really want to uh, be a part of? Now, the moon is moving into the void uh, tomorrow at 5.50 a.m. my time. And we'll stay in the void for two hours till 7.09 a.m. And then the moon will move off into Aquarius. So for most of the weekend, the moon will be in the sign of Aquarius. Now, I was going to take the time today to talk about Aquarius through astro design. But because I have so many big things that I want to chat about today, I'm going to skip that for now. Um, but take a look maybe in your human design book that you might have or in your Gene Keys book and take a look at what gates are um, absolutely Aquarian gates. Now, before I go on further, I want to share a book with you that I'm finding 
that I like more and more for those of you who are fairly new to human design. And uh, those of you who are aware of your human design, say you've had a reading or you've had your chart and gotten your report and you know something about human design, but you want to know more. Well, here's your book. It is called A Revolutionary New System, Revealing the DNA of Your True Nature, Human Design, Discover the Person You Were Born to Be uh, by Chaitan or Ketan Parkin. I got to go this way, I guess, so you guys can see that without the, there you go. So uh, the, I, I picked this book up in Port Townsend when I was over there for uh, my anniversary. And I kind of put it on my bookshelf, thought, oh, that's a nice book. I'll get around to reading it. And I actually picked this book up the other day and started looking at it. And I went, wow, this is probably the best beginner's book. Now, not to diss Karen or to diss Linda Bunnell uh, for their books, but he's done a magnificent job here of really breaking down the gates, breaking down circuitry, breaking down the centers, uh, the profiles, etc. And it's not like in depth, but it gives you a really good idea of what some of those things mean. So if you want to learn more, this is your book. And I know it's available on Kindle because I also had it on Kindle. I just didn't realize I did when I bought it, um, but it's good to have the, the hardback or the cover, uh, the, the, the in my hands book as well. So I can make notes, etc. as I uh, go through it myself. So anyway, that's uh, another aside. Let's quickly talk about Neptune turning retrograde today. So Neptune turned retrograde, as I said, at 6am Pacific time. And he will be in retrograde from today, June 25th, until December 1st. Now, I happen to love Neptune in retrograde because I feel, um, I, I, I kind of feel that Neptune in retrograde connects us more fully to our inner selves. As in, instead of looking outside of ourselves for spirituality or the, the answers to our spiritual questions, um, or the quest for uh, more spiritual wisdom, we can go inward. And it's amazing to me how, you know, lately it's been from June to about November, December that that Neptune has been retrograde. And it's been amazing to me how, how more intuitive or instinctual or tapped in, tuned in I am during that period of time. Now, I don't know if that's just me. So I would love to hear from you all, maybe, you know, put some quick comments out there to let me know, you know, during this period of time when Neptune is retrograde, have you experienced more um, intuition or more instinct that's, you know, like right there? Have you had more experiences where you're thinking about someone and the phone rings or they, they connect with you? Or this happens to me a lot now uh, is that I'm thinking something and then Terry says it out loud. Or Terry says something out loud and I've already been thinking about that. Or I'll go get up to get him something to drink when he never even asked me about it. And and I'll bring it to him and he'll be like, how did you know I was thirsty? I'm like, I don't know. I just know. So I, I feel like the powers of knowing, I feel like the powers of intuition, of introspection even, are... Um, are higher for us during this period, maybe more attainable. But, you know, there's also some challenges that come along when Neptune turns retrograde. And as any planet, right, any planet that turns retrograde is going to have its challenges, but it's also going to have the high side of it. But some of the challenging things that can happen is when we don't see things clearly, 
where, you know, it's foggy to us or it's just unclear. And then if we're trying to make decisions about something, it can become a feeling of indecision or waffling in, in, you know, not sure which direction to go, Uh, maybe disoriented or confused about like, that sounds really good, but that sounds really good too. And which one, which way? And that is a, a kind of tell that you're looking outside of yourself for the answer instead of inside. So with Neptune retrograde, we're looking inside. So try to keep, if you if you are tapped into that confusion, confusion or disorientation, um, you know, try to stop everything that you're looking for in the outer world and look for the answers back here, right inside. Um, we can be more intuitive and more receptive during this period of time, more connected to spirit and more connected to one another in unconditional love. One of the things I absolutely adore about the planet Neptune is when it's operating in its highest, it's bringing us to unconditional love, unconditional love for ourselves, for the planet, for humanity, for our families, our communities, our nations, our uh, ET friends, Um all of the things that we are more sensitive to or can be more sensitive to are triggered during this period of time. There can be shifts in our lives right now, especially between now and say the next week while the planet settles into its new direction, that uh, where we thought we were going is not where we're going or what we thought we were gonna be doing is not what we are going to be doing. So there tends to be sort of a feeling of a shift going on, an internal shift. And you know how it is when we shift, right? When we're shifting gears, when we're shifting from one project to another, when we're shifting from one season to another, from one time change to another, how does our body react? It reacts in a little bit of, uh, of maybe challenging energy, perhaps, you know, problems sleeping or maybe uh, upsets, easier, more sensitivity, etc. So just be aware of that, that while this first week of Neptune and retrograde may create some challenges in our lives, it is almost that there's an intuitive hand, uh, like an unseen hand, the fingers of God, if you will, kind of p- manipulating uh, where it is that we are best Uh, to able to use our energy or in what direction that we are best able to use our skills and to benefit humankind. So the things that we thought we were going to do can change in a moment's notice and that we can become confused by that. Like, wow, I thought I was heading in that direction, but somehow it lies in that direction. So being aware of that so that you don't tap into the more lower energies of Neptune, which can be discontent, disappointment, bitterness, those kinds of energies, okay? And if for some reason you end up feeling those energies, it's best for you then to, instead of looking outside for what it is outside of you that caused that, and instead look inside to where is it that you're out of alignment, right? That's the best thing to do. Now, Neptune is uh, going to be retrograding if you have your own chart in front of you. Neptune is in the sign of Pisces and it will retrograde from 23 degrees where it is today backwards to 20 degrees and it won't be back to the 23rd degree until March of next year. So the retrograde for Neptune, just because of the place it is in the outer, you know, in the in the planetary 
uh, scheme of things, it takes longer to complete the entire retrograde cycle. So you could almost say that every year we're in and adjusting with Neptune energies, whether it's moving from retrograde to direct or direct to retrograde, it takes a much longer period of time for it to settle in. So that is why it's so important to know yourself and understand what's going on from your internal self, not the dialogue that's going on outside of you, because Neptune brings us to that inner dialogue. All right, questions. Uh, let me see comments. Going back here, let's see. Uh, Ursula says, I have the book and it's simple to read. Awesome. It is. It's. I don't know why it didn't occur to me before to, to present that as one of my favorite books. I mean, timing is always perfect, right? Today's the day. Uh, so if you are able to get that book, I think it would give you so much more insight maybe into what you know about yourself in human design. Good morning, Leilani. It's great to see you. And Christine Buckingham, great to see you as well. And we have Vanita, good morning to you. JLo says, I will post it for those on the Facebook group this way if they would like to get it. Perfect, thank you, JLo. And she says, also last weekend, my daughter said I called someone into existence because I spoke of them and pow, they show up. I've had so many experiences of this and they it happens to me in some of the weirdest ways. So if you know, you'll indulge me here for a moment, I wanna share the story. One day I was looking through the top drawer of my dresser and I saw some photos that were um, like under the, the clothes. And so I picked up the photos and they were pictures of my wedding, our wedding. And I was like, wow, what are those doing there? I would have thought they were in the photo album, but they weren't. And the first picture that I saw was a photo of the lady that was my boss at the time I, that I was working. And she was also a friend, so she was at my wedding. So it was a picture of her at the wedding reception. And I went, oh, wow, Laurel, I haven't thought of you in a long time. And I put the pictures back. And uh, I was leaving uh, the next weekend to go on a uh, convention, if you will. I, I was an optician at this time. And uh, there was a, a group, um, an optician's sort of convention, if you will. And I'm, and, and she was not in the optics world, or if she was, I did not know this. So I'm sitting at this table with the group of people that I'd gone to the convention with, and I hear this voice. And I went, oh my God, that is a voice from the past. Who is that? And I get up and I turn around and it was Laurel. Oh my God. We both looked at each other and we couldn't believe it that here we were both in different states, living different lives, but totally in the same field, which was a different field that we had been than what we had been in when I worked for her years before. So magic happens like this when we are tuned in. I don't know why I opened that drawer, looked at that picture, and it feels almost like then you call that person into existence or you call that person into your life. Or is it just the, the connections, the invisible lines that connect us all vibrating and me or her tuning into it or both of us tuning into it? It's extraordinary. And that's why I love this kind of energy because things like that happen or are available for us to, to notice in our lives during this period of time. Uh, Asa, the author is Chaitan. Okay, yeah, good. Thanks, Asa. And Pauline says, yes, I am in synchronicity, maybe, for Gemini and Sag summer and winter solstice. I 
not sure if you're answering something else for someone, but uh, I think I get what you mean there, Pauline. Kamal, it's great to see you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Kathy Miller, hello to you. And Pauline says Neptune in Libra for her. Okay, is that 16 degrees in the third house? And, uh, you know, there right now what would be the best thing for us all to do is to take a look at your astrology chart and where is Pisces in the chart? Where is Neptune then within Pisces in the chart? And don't forget that Jupiter right now is also in Pisces, even though he's retrograde as well. He's in the very early degrees of Pisces and been giving us insight anyway to where we might still be in victim mentality, where we might still be giving away our power, where we aren't utilizing our creative energy to its highest and best. So we have uh, a Pisces energy that's available for us all, the imaginative, the creative, the spiritual, the loving uh, energies that are available in that sign, right? So uh, keep thinking about that. All right, any other questions about Neptune in retrograde or how you can connect with that energy? Uh, you can type those in there. And if I miss it, Asa will text it to me right now. I want to switch over to the main idea for today's show, which is about Venus moving into the sign of Leo. Now, you have to remember that Mars, the masculine principle, is already in Leo and has been for the last couple of weeks. Venus just now joining him in that sign. And as we talked about earlier in the broadcast, and as we talked about in the Astrology for 2021 webinar, that this is the time where these two planets are starting to really trigger our creative energies, the expression of our artistry or of our self-expression of our genius out into the world. But they first, before they come into a conjunction and really rev that up for us, we're going to be challenged by the two of these planets in a T-square, both on June 28th with the planet Mars holding uh, the fort and on July 5th, Venus holding the fort. And then just after that on July 13th with Venus and Mars coming into conjunction. So I wanted to talk about first, what does it mean to have Venus in Leo? Let's look at what Mars in Leo is about. And then I'll tap you into that T-square and how to work through this energy in your own chart. So Venus in Leo is a very generous, loving, passionate, proud um, Venus. And she's a regal goddess here. And uh, I just absolutely have to tell you guys, I love the graphic that Asa did for us today for uh, the thumbnail for this video. It says everything there is to know basically about Venus uh, in the sign of Leo, that loving energy. She's like, love out loud, live out loud, love out loud energy at this point in time. Um, does it hold the power to heal our relationships? Remember, Venus in our charts rules relationships and love, right? Love and romance. Um, it loves the, I mean, it rules the financial picture that we have, uh, our our um, ability to connect with abundance and the resources that make us feel abundant. And as well, uh, self-worth and our, our confidence, uh, The how much do we love ourselves? And remember the full moon just a couple of days ago was really taking us into that self-love energy and then having to learn to love ourselves enough to be able to love our fellow humans, right? The sun was out 
the gate of the love of humanity while uh, the moon and in the full moon was at the gate 10 of self-love. And now we have Venus moving into a sign that's really very loving, dramatic too. <laughs> so sometimes Venus in the sign of Leo is going to play the drama queen, but she is giving us, lending us, if you will, the power to look into our relationships, our finances, and our own self-worth and self-love to be able to see where we need to enact some healing and to be able to move through that healing. This is also a very creative and artistic Venus. She's This is fire energy, right? Fire energy. Venus typically rules both air and earth signs. So when she gets a chance to be in fire, wow, right? She's going to live it up. And then she's also going to meet up with Mars, who is sitting in the sign of Leo right now. Mars in Leo is a take charge kind of energy. Remember, Mars is masculine. Mars rules Aries, a masculine sign, but also a fire sign. So Mars is really empowered here. And Mars takes charge and pushes us to follow our hearts and our desires and our passions. And he, interestingly enough here, seeks to have us balance work and play, work and fun, so that we're not all work, 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 get it done, done, done. We are also taking time for play, for relaxation, for vacation, for uh, taking care of ourselves, for self-care. And that's kind of an interesting thing for Mars to do, because we don't normally think of Mars in that way. We think of Mars as the catalyst energy of the, the dynamic motion of the catalyst for pushing us onward and ever forward. But here he's taking some time to really relax, to you know, tap into his own gifts of self-expression. And because Mars is also a masculine planet, there's courage here where we can tap into the courage to express our personal creativity in ways that we haven't maybe been able to do before. And this is an opportunity also for us to check our egos, right? Check our egos. I'm not going to tell you to let go of your ego because your ego is your friend. But where have we let our egos keep us from something separating us from others or separating us from uh, our own, you know, good? Uh, where has pride been a problem? Where has arrogance been a problem? So we have both of these planets that are personal planets. These are personal planets. That means that they affect you personally, unlike the Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto that really more affect us on the collective level. These are home planets. These kind of take roost within our personalities or within our own person. So take a look at Leo in your own chart. If you look at Leo in your chart, you might have planets there or not. It doesn't matter if you do or you don't. Um, if you do have planets there, then you've got you know, two planets that are maybe triggering or challenging you in some way. Um, if you have no planets there, then Venus and Mars are adding their energy there. So we also then have to connect to where's the sun right now. And the reason we would do that is because Venus in Leo and Mars in Leo are both affected by the sun's rulership of Leo. Let me know if you have questions about that because, um, you know, that we're, we're combining things here. We're, we're making a, a sort of, of 
connection between planets, Venus and Mars in Leo, ruled by the sun, right? So the sun right now is in the sign of cancer. And cancer is a sign of home and nurturing and family and traditions. And it even almost feels like the potential is for us to come back home, uh, as in coming back to ourselves, coming back to our truth, coming back to our authentic expression. And I was, who was I with? Was I with you, Londa, yesterday? I don't remember when I had this aha moment. But I was thinking about how I'd gone astray from my own heart center. And we all do this. So it's not like just me that's, you know, screwing this up. Sometimes we are all doing this. We get, you know, we think that this thing over here is going to be more satisfying. So we move in that direction. Or we think, you know, being with that person is going to be a different experience. So we go in that direction. And so we can get distracted by things that are going on that pull us away from our heart center. This is our opportunity to get back to home get back to your heart center, get back to you and your passions and what you love. Those of you who um, maybe have nothing sitting in the sign of Leo in your chart, this might be something new for you to look at. This might be, you know, a time for you to really connect to what am I wanting in my life? Where is my heart in this? What do I desire? So that's the big opportunity that we have right now with Venus and Leo and Mars in Leo. Now, literally, they're going to be here through the month of July. I think it's July 21st when Venus moves on out of, of the sign of Leo. Mars will be a little bit, um, I can't even tell you for sure if it's after or before, but somewhere right around that same time. And uh, in, that, in that place, we have a good chunk of the summertime now for us to really look at where is play in our life? Where is self-love in our life? Where is our creativity, our imagination? Where can we apply the things to the outer world that really make us feel good in here? And I'm thinking I have a question. I do. Awesome. So question from Corey. I have Pisces in my seventh at four degrees and also in my eighth at 27 degrees. How is that possible? I might, I have a feeling you may be looking at the, at the chart incorrectly. So Corey, would you please just quickly let me know if it's okay to pull your chart up and share it with people and, and explain that. And I'll also need your last name because right now I just don't remember your last name. Sorry about that. Uh, Kathleen Mallory, Ohm Home. I want to come home. I found myself chanting and sobbing. Oh, such a release, right? To be able to, to connect uh, to that that need and that desire to come home to oneself. And Kathleen, you also have a birthday coming up in July. So you're really in the midst of all of this, right? Those of you who have birthdays in Cancer and or those of you who are Leos, this is or have Leo rising or Cancer on the rise, which, hey, I forgot I do. This is coming home time, right? This is really, maybe that's why I'm feeling so connected to it is that this is really drilling in and drilling down to what it is that really makes you happy. Uh, okay, question from JLo and Christine Buckingham. They both have Neptune retrograde in their charts. Should this be an exciting time for them? Well, that's a really good question because I, I wondered myself if because I have Neptune retrograde in my natal chart, if that was why I felt so good about Neptune turning retrograde or being in retrograde. And it's distinctly possible. So before um, 
I, I will, okay, Kamal, we'll take a look if I have yours too. Um, so it's distinctly possible that um, as we um, have the planet in retrograde, we're having to maybe reimagine ourselves, right? The, the past lives that we've lived, maybe, you know, we didn't complete our spiritual lessons or there was some component of intuition or instinct that got lost on us. And so we come into this lifetime with the need or the desire to become more spiritual perhaps and so maybe neptune retrograde in our charts helps us to really remember that right to connect with one of the reasons why we might have we might have come to this planet now in your human design neptune is also very prominent it's a part it plays a role in your life purpose and your soul purpose and it is your spiritual job so when we're looking at you know your life purpose or your soul purpose in in your human design we often look at neptune to decide you know what it is that you and several of your friends that were born right around the same time as you um, are here to do for the planet and for example, I can speak to my own, it's at gate 44 on both sides. Uh, so soul purpose and life purpose. And the gate 44 is a gate about releasing the past, but not throwing out the past, taking the best of the past. And you guys hear me say this all the time and I almost chuckle every time I say it because it's it has profound meaning to me with that gate 44 having my spiritual job sitting at it, right? Letting go of the, the worst, taking the best, bringing it into the now and creating a really powerful, beautiful, um, imaginative, creative future. So there's that. Uh, all right, now, um, Corey Sykes. Okay, so let me get your chart first, Corey. So you guys will have to bear with me for a moment while I bring that up. And I'm gonna close that. And yes, oh, can't do it that way in this one. And yes, I talk to myself all the time. I also answer myself. Does that make me crazy? I don't know. Maybe it does. But if I'm crazy, I'm a good kind of crazy. All right. So um, let's take a look at your transit chart, Corey. And pause for one moment here while this chart comes up. And then I can share my screen. So now I got to go back to StreamYard and share my screen, which is a window, no, a Chrome tab, ha ha, there we go. Boom, now, somebody tell me, can you see Corey's chart here? It says I'm sharing, so I'm going to assume you're seeing the chart. Now, Corey, let me see if I can help you with your question. Now, I am using whole sign house rulerships in the the this particular chart so that means that for each house there is one sign on that house so in your chart the way that i look at it what we see then is uh pisces in the seventh house completely the whole sign is in your seventh house and you have two planets or bodies here you have Pallas athena and you have the black moon lilith both in Pisces. So I, I'm wondering if perhaps you were looking at an older chart that I did for you or one that maybe you got yourself that uses maybe Placidus houses or uh, another house uh, that splits the houses. 
So if you look at this, you can see the whole of the sign is in one house and it happens to be the seventh house. Now I'm going to go back and look at your question. I have Pisces in my seventh at four degrees. So, okay, now I see what that might mean. And also in my eighth at 27 degrees. Okay, so it's possible because of the way that some houses define the wheel, the horoscope wheel or the zodiac wheel. I just think it's cleaner to say, okay, Pisces rules your relationships. Now on the outer wheel, out here in the outer wheel, you see these planets that are um, they're the transiting planets, right? So they're transiting through your seventh house in Pisces. And what's transiting through here is Jupiter and Neptune and Pallas Athena. So you have uh, maybe a spiritual calling going on with your relationships right now. Jupiter also could have triggered some things in your relationship. I'm not sure if you're married or if you have a family or what's going on in your personal life, um, but it would seem like part of what might be happening for you at this point is to take a look in the mirror of your relationships to see what you're seeing, right? If you're seeing, um, if you're seeing ugliness there, if you're seeing upset there, or if you're seeing, you know, anything of a negative nature there, it's a call for you to take a look and become more loving to yourself. If you're seeing this beauty in your relationships, if you're, if you're looking at your relationships going, wow, you know, we've come a long way, we're doing so well together. That's also an indication of how you're doing inside, right? So looking at the relationships in your lives as a mirror to where it is that you might need to adjust yourself or where you're doing really well. Not to blame yourself either. This isn't about beating yourself up or making yourself wrong. It's not about that. It's just about, okay, what am I seeing in that mirror? And what does that mean for me? So that's a huge um, opportunity for you. And because you have the black moon Lilith in Pisces natally, you might tend at times to fall into that victim thinking or on the other hand, the martyr, right? The martyr where I have to do everything. And if I can, if I don't do it, no one else does it kind of feeling um, or feeling somehow beat up in your relationships. And so that would be another thing for you to look at. If you're feeling beat up in your relationships, then that would be maybe you having been beating yourself up in your own self, like your own in your own heart. So I hope that answers your question. I know that brought up a whole lot more stuff than I intended to say, but there you have it. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, I would be happy for you to ask questions on that further if you have that. Um, I'm not sure what you mean, Kathleen. Can't see it quite right. Hopefully you guys saw that screen. Um, Kathleen says, LOL, talking to myself. Yep, see, it's not crazy to talk to yourself. I mean, who better to talk to, right? I mean, Binksy can't answer me when I talk to her, but uh, I can answer myself. So conversation, one, two-sided. <laughs> oh, Corey could only see it partially. Dang it. Um, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened with the screen. Maybe because I picked the wrong uh, chart to look at. Loving light. Hello. Big hugs. It's great to see you, Andy. I hope you're doing well. And uh, JLo says, welcome to the Lost Club. I'm always talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, okay, so Christine Gray and JLo both talking about where their Neptunes are in human design. Uh, Christine Buckingham, Neptune at gate 28, finding what's worth struggling for. 
right? What what your spiritual job is to find the right things to really put your weight behind or to put your love behind or to put your passion into and to let go of everything else, right? Don't don't go based on what other people think you should be doing. Go based on what it is that you're really connected to. Um, inner self talks to outer self, not crazy. Aha, I like that. Uh, okay, going back down further here. Uh, Kamal, where do, I know you're there. Um, Kamal, oh, L-O-D-H-I. Okay, let me see if I can find your chart and let's see if I can do this correctly then. And Kamal. Oh, I have Kamal Shah. Is that you? Kamal Shah? Uh, let's see if I have another Kamal. No. So Kamal, what is your birthday? Because I'm ha I am have a feeling maybe somehow I got you as Kamal Shah. And let's just confirm. I have August 2nd, 1991. Born in Chunyan, Pakistan. Is that you? I think that is you. I'm going to bring that up and just assume. <laughs> of course, we know what that means. Um, so pull up my chart. And no, wait, you said you were a Leo, right? So this is you. August, or August 2nd. I'm pretty sure this is you. So I'm going to share my screen. And let me see what this one says before I do it. Okay, good. And I'm going to see if I can do it the correct way this time. From stream share okay now do you guys see the whole screen let me know someone someone just say yes i see the whole screen so kamal as we look at your chart i'm not sure what it is you wanted me to take a look at but while i have you here let's take a look at what's going on in leo since you are a leo and we have the transiting venus soon to be in leo and mars already in leo and we see in your chart, Leo is on the first house. So you're really an embodiment of the courage of the lion and or the strength of, of the lion. You have the sun there. You have Jupiter there. Your ascendant is in Leo. Chiron is also in Leo for you. So it speak, Chiron in Leo here speaks to the potential of a wound about gaining your own power and strength and courage. Often younger Leos, younger Leos, and I would consider you a younger Leo, you're only 30-ish this year, right? Um, younger Leos often have self-confidence issues in their youth. And as they're trying to find their heart and their passion and who they are, they sometimes stumble into people who want to make them wrong or who uh, want them to be doing something else. So the challenge for the, the Leo, the younger Leo, as well as the uh, older Leos, and where Leo is in your chart anywhere for anybody, is to follow your own heart, to follow your own desires and your passion, and to express them into the world, and uh, to take on even the mantle of being dra dramatic, living in drama, because you know you're really you're the king here, come all. That's the energy of the king or the queen. If you're a feminine uh, energy, this is the king and the queen energy who are meant to be the masters of the or mistresses of their own destiny, and at the other hand, to also live confidently and put you know their generous heart out there into the world and through whatever way that is. Now, oh, you know what I just realized, Asa, in this 
program. I can't draw. I can't draw. I can't draw. Oh, well. So let's just see if you can see my cursor. I'm going to draw a line. One, when we start the process of the T-square, it's going to happen at 12 degrees to 13 degrees of Leo. So you can see Mars is not quite there yet. It doesn't get there until Monday. And so we're going to say from right here, Mars is going to be in an opposition to Saturn over here in Aquarius. Now, what makes a T-square is that you have an opposition and both of those planets in opposition are squaring a third planet and sometimes more um, at its apex point. So what we see is an opposition of Mars in Leo to Saturn in Aquarius, and they are both in a square to Uranus also at 12 degrees uh, 12 to 13 degrees of Taurus. So if you can visualize, visualize, you know, these, this opposition and a point that's pointing up at the planet Uranus. And what that does is leaves an empty point in the sign opposite of the apex. So if the apex planet is Uranus, the opposite point is over here in Scorpio. And that comes very close then to your natal Pluto, Kamal, which says that you have a transformation in the offing and that transformation has to be about being more, uh, I'm going to say self-centered, not arrogant or narcissistic. That would be on that more negative side, not lacking in self-confidence and hiding from the world on the other negative side, but really coming into your fullness of who you are and really, you know, wearing that mane instead of mantle, let's call it the mane of the lion energy and really thrusting yourself out there into the world in some major ways. Stop hiding, right? Stop, stop second guessing yourself. Stop letting other people tell you who you are or who you're meant to be or what it is that you're meant to do here. So you're being challenged and there is the wounding about that. There's some kind of wound here. And, you know, that could be maybe uh, a familial kind of wound that that maybe you're feeling like you have to follow some path that your family laid out for you. Uh, maybe you're feeling um, kind of, of of boundaries around who you can be based on your culture or based on your religious beliefs. So boundaries aren't a bad thing here. It's just maybe it's too limiting and your heart really doesn't want to be in that limitation. So lots of things can be going on. Only you know exactly how that might fit with your life. But I would say that this is a very prime time for you to transform your life and start aiming more at what it is to be you, right? Living yourself from yourself. All right. So comments, questions, Yep, you are a Leo, Leo. So I don't know how I got Shaw. Maybe maybe you had that um, as a name at some point, or I saw that and I put that in there. So, okay, what else is going on here? Um, there is a wound, yes. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. So, okay, uh, if you have any questions about what I was talking about, you can certainly write those in there, Kamal. Um, all right, now let's take a look at the human design week that has just changed. No, I don't want to do that yet. No, 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 no. I'm going to share something else right now. We'll get to that. So I want, no, I don't want the July 5th one. I want the June 28th. There we go. I'm going to share my screen again. <laughs> oh, 
I just love graphics. I just love sharing them. So I'm going to share my screen this time. It is going to be a window, maybe. It is. And it is, which one? I think it's that one. Yes. No. Stop sharing. It is the other one. This one. Okay. Now you moved. You're the same one. That is not the one I want. <laughs> My apologies. Neptune, stop messing with me. Uh, share screen window. This one. And if you... There we go. It's the right one now. The other one would have been fine too, but that's for July 5th. This one is for June 28th. And what you're looking at is the pattern for this particular um, aspect that we've been talking about, the, the fact that Mars is going to be opposing Saturn and is going to be uh, both of them squaring um, the planet Uranus. So if you, let me just orient you to this chart here. Some of you might remember this graphic from the astrology of 2021 uh, class that we did. Um, what you see here is Saturn, Saturn in the sign of Aquarius and in an opposition down here to Mars, uh, that is almost going to be at 12 degrees. It, it won't be exactly at 12 degrees, but close enough in the sign of Leo, both of them pointing over here to Uranus in Taurus. Now, a T-square itself, and this is called a T-square, by the way, and this is a fixed T-square because the signs, Leo, Aquarius, and Taurus are fixed signs. So the struggle, the challenge in this T-square is gonna be about upsetting those patterns, that those dogmas, those places where we've dug in our heels, where we haven't been able to get free of something. And the pattern suggests then that we're gonna be challenged to do something new or to um, have you know, crises or tests in our lives during this period of time that are here for us to master so that we can move in a new direction. But there is, it's not all challenge all the time because there is an invisible point over here in Scorpio that can bring us into some balance, right? It'll be at about the 13 degree to mark of, of Scorpio. And Scorpio is also a fixed sign, but Scorpio has the ability to tap in and be prophetic and to be able to help us to see things, um, see where there is a need for rebirth, to see what's become dead or to see what beca has become no longer useful and to be able to cut it away, right? To be able to use the energy of precision even to just cut away what is no longer serving. So that is our balance point, you know, considering that we've probably been feeling or hearing or sensing what it is that needs to change within us or what we need to change in our world in order to move more fully to the apex point here, which is Uranus and Taurus giving us something new, right? A new found self-worth or worthiness, a new found financial sense of freedom, a, a new sense of being in relationships that are positive and uplifting. So while, you know, some of this is very challenging, it's also pointing us in such a great new direction. The potential is 
life-changing, right? Or life-shaking. So it's a tense, challenging aspect pattern that presents us with these challenges that we must work to master. And so if you would have to overlay this in your own chart, because it's not going to sit aligned like it is here in this uh, chart example, in your personal chart, it's going to be aligned differently. So find where Saturn uh, is in Aquarius, find Leo, and then that points up to Uranus and Taurus, which is change, upset, rebel, <laughs> rebel energy, rebel with a cause perhaps, and liberation from something, right? Not liberation just for the sake of liberation, but what can you liberate yourself from? And the Saturn-Mars opposition, I remember uh, as I was contemplating this, is that the good old boy club that we're being liberated from, you know, where opportunities are opening up when we get ourselves outside of the things that we've uh, agreed upon that were norms, right? So now we're being kind of jumping around a little bit outside of the norms so that we can be different, so that we can be unique, so that we can be authentic. And in July, the same pattern forms again. And you can see right here in this picture, this is Venus. Venus very much just having started into her, this will be a chart of June 28th, just, you know, barely two degrees into the sign by Monday, but also pushing toward that same degree where she will help us to see the new values that we can have in place here. Remember Venus and Leo, generous, loving, passionate, right? The living out loud, loving out loud, and giving us maybe uh, an in to what is possible if we let go of some of that old pattern or that old stuff that we've been living with. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen here with this. I think I'll probably talk a little more. Maybe what we'll do on Monday is we'll look at people's charts and see where the pattern is uh, shaping up and help you understand uh, your own chart um, better in, in this regards. I don't think next week is a huge week astrologically, so uh, we'll probably have some time to be able to do that. Um, but I do want to share the human design graphic, even though I know it's getting close to nine here. Uh, I want to share the the graphic for, nope, you're not the one I want to share, uh, for this week, because we started the new week yesterday, actually, so we're a day into it. Uh, so let me share that graphic now. I guess I have to open it first, then I can share it. That's so weird. This is just so different from what I used to Let's cancel that one and then let's share it again and window there we go okay so this is now week five of our human design week remember human design works through a five to six day week rather than a seven day uh, like the gregorian calendar or the 13 day pleiadian calendar and this week then runs from june 25th oh i mean today today starts the new day the new week so june 25th through june 30th so the end of the month and this week we are learning this particular upcoming week, we're learning to reduce stress and to engage in more joyfulness and uh, finding vitality and blessings in our lives. And that's because the sun this week is gonna be sitting at the gate 52 or is sitting at the gate 52. In the quantum human design, we call this the gate of perspective. In the I Ching and in traditional human design, this is called the gate of stillness. And you can see the Siddhi in the Gene Keys is also stillness, where 
rather than tapping into the stress, right? The stress of doing, 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 or going, going, going. By the way, gate 52 is a gate that sits right here on the root center. You can see there's a little dot right there at it. Um, the gate 52 is on the root center, so it's pressure. It's under pressure. And the pressure is for us to always be doing. And it can be a place in our chart where we have to focus our energy on things that help us reduce stress, right? Stress in the body, uh, in, in the human body, the root center is the center for adrenalized stress. So if you're not some, if you're someone who has an open root center, you're not very good at, at using um, methods of calming or peace to help your stress. You can really get more and more stress. If you have a defined root center, you have a very defined way of dealing with stress. And that might be, you know, a, a certain technique that you use or what have you. But either way you look at it this week, all of us are going to be under sort of this uh, pressure to reduce that stress in our lives and to engage in uh, the more peaceful, calming kinds of energies. The shadow of the gate 52 is stress. The gift in the gate 52 is restraint and in the city stillness and the earth. The earth is always going to be the one that lays the challenge for us in order to we'll have to learn something in the gate 58 in order to be able to have the perspective that gate 52 gives us about reducing our stress. And that is about joy in quantum human design. It's now called joy in mastery in traditional human design. It is the gate of joy or bliss and Find, we find out here that joy is not something that sits on the emotional solar plexus. It sits on the foundation energies of the root center. So joy is a foundational energy for humanity because it's not an emotion. It's not something that we have to go chasing after. It's fundamentally where we live, right, in joy. And the shadow energy here in the Gene Keys is about dissatisfaction. Vitality is the gift and bliss is the highest expression. So this is a week for us to, to come into more alignment with what makes us happy, you know, with living life from that more joyful place, choosing joy in every moment. And that doesn't mean that we don't feel times of sadness or that we don't feel, you know, that melancholy because those are authentic feelings, but the foundation of who you are is based in joy, joyfulness and vitality. Right, right. So that's our week and we'll end the month of June there. And of course, I'll be sharing the next ones as we get into July. All right, everybody, that is pretty much it for me. Um, uh, let me check real quick to make sure there aren't other questions that Asa put in here. I don't see them. Awesome. So that is it for me today. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you on Monday morning and uh, have a wonderful weekend. Bye for now.